I'm Anahi, award-winning US and European certified floral designer, educator, and your host. If you are a florist, flower farmer, business owner, or simply a floral enthusiast, you are in the right place, my friend. I help you by providing insights through industry leaders and mentors through their stories, helpful tips, and tricks so that you too can take your floral business and design to the next level. I bring you the art and business of flowers. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, welcome back. So today we are chatting with Sylvia from Royal Vincenten. I hope I said the company name right. All the way from Netherlands, you guys. Yes. So they are a flower breeding company. Yes, breeding, not growing but breeding, breeding new varieties for growers and for the market. So if you kind of sit back and think for a minute that certain breeds takes take multiple years to develop, right? So these are the people behind the scenes that are messing with this flower's genetics and so on and creating new breeds that the market's demanding. So how cool is that? So yeah. Listen in this, you know, we've, we've discussed about the whole breeding process, about how to close the gap between the flower breeders and the designers. Because at the end of the day, it is the florists that are selling this products, right? So they are the ones that have the most direct contact with the market or the market demands, if that makes any sense. So, and then there's the growers in between and you know, their company is continuously looking for ways to close this gap, basically, between the florist and the breeder and the grower. In any case, let's dive right in. This was absolutely fascinating to me. I hope you enjoy it. Let's chat with Sylvia. Hi, Sylvia. Welcome to the show. Hi, and thank you for inviting me to the show. I am very excited. I, I was fascinated by your story and uh the company you're working for and ask you to join the podcast and you graciously agreed. And I think this will be such a valuable information for my listeners. I know nothing about flower breeding, <laughs> nothing. I know it exists. I know it happens and I know why we have amazing varieties and you work for a company, Royal Farn Zantin. Yes. You said it right, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I made it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you. Uh, and uh, you are in Netherlands and just a little bit about the company and then kind of let's dive in. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Zoya. I'm working uh, as a marketing specialist uh, for Royal Van Zanten. And we are a breeder for cut flowers and pot plants. And I focus on the marketing for pot plants. Uh, here in the Netherlands and um, yeah, the Netherlands is kind of a hub for Europe so a lot of the growers for example for pot chrysanthemum for Europe as a whole are mostly here in the Netherlands but we can see that the larger product like the the big garden mums are usually grown locally so we have also growers from Italy and Spain and France etc and we as well ship uh, to the USA but that's a completely different market yeah, my, my co-worker, Nico, he focuses on more on the USA part and we work together with some other breeders there, uh, yeah, to make sure we uh, fit the market. Yeah. Nice. So basically, you guys are one of the companies that is creating new varieties, yeah. essentially. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it usually it's like we got a question from the needs from the market and we try to provide it. Yeah. Right. How do you guys do your market research? I mean, do growers reach out to you and 
and say, hey, you know, it would be nice if we had a stem that is this color or this tall or whatever. Or you guys reach out to the growers and are you only working with growers? Yeah. I know this was a loaded question, sorry. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I started at the beginning, we call it uh, market management. And um, we started out with a whole new job for it, for cut flowers. So my colleague Wouter, uh, he was also on Clubhouse and um, he, he does that for cut flowers. But we're, we're trying to to do this more because it's very important for us to get to know the needs of the market and the needs of the market, especially for florists, garden centers, plant and flower enthusiasts are, are so different from what a grower needs. A grower needs, they need to earn money. So they need to know how many plants can I place on, on one uh, square meter? How many uh, plants can we place on the transportation, etc. So it's a completely different ball game. And usually you're talking more about technique specifics that are better for growth because they can grow more, they can grow faster they don't need growth regulation etc and then you've got the trade and the trade is more about they're in between so they're always being with the price it needs to be lower etc and they're so focused on the transport and the, the trade side of it so usually it kind of get lost the ornamental value in that stage and then you mm -hmm. come to the florist or the garden center and they're like Oh, but we just want beautiful plants. So you can see the passion for plants and flowers. You can see that there is, uh, again, an opening. But due to the floral chain, it's very, it's very large. We're trying to see if maybe we as a breeder, because we stand at the very first step, and maybe you can see if we, there's a role for us to maybe connect everyone in the chain and to try to get that information from the last step to the first step. So we can mm. kind of become full circle, but it, it is a, it's a process. Process. <laughs> right. Yeah, we will not be there next year or the year after that, and I think it will be continuously. But trying to do it from our from our from ourselves, so we visit the market, we talk to people. Uh, usually, it was mainly the growers, but we're talking to graders as well. But especially for me, for plants, it's sometimes a bit difficult because they say, well, florists, they focus on cut flowers, so they are not important for plants. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, always agree with that state. Florists as well seek opportunities for plants in their shops. And most right. of the time, it's high-end product. And we as a breeder focus more on as well, we're kind of specialists in what we do. We want to be the number one in the market or else we don't breed the type of product. Yeah. There, there's so many things you said there that I'm like, oh, yes. Thank you. And when is that going to happen, right? Uh, you said you want to kind of connect everyone and essentially close the gap between the person that is the last person. Well, the last person on this chain is the consumer, but right before that consumer essentially is the florist, right? Yeah. Whether it's a wedding florist or it's a flower shop or whatever. Yes, I agree. I mean, I would love to visit grow growers, not growers necessarily, growers as well. I do visit a lot of growers. I love it. But breeders, I never even thought about as a sort of a you know, the starting point for this production chain, right, to go and visit and see where things start from. To me, it's absolutely fascinating, you know, I mean, how do you sit there and kind of decide, okay, we're going to crossbreed this varieties, and we're going to come up with this other thing. And this is just amazing. And um, granted, not all of it is going to pan out, because you can't kind of predict what you're going to get sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Plants are necessary for florists as well i do not i do not agree with that way of thinking that you know that you're saying throughout the chain production some people say that absolutely not especially flower shops i mean that's that's a huge section in their 
in their market. I mean, especially right now, plants are so popular. Yes, exactly. And we can see that it's, it's most of the times it got green plants that are very popular, but we can see an opening for blooming plants as well. And you've got like with pot chrysanthemums, you have, you have so many different pot chrysanthemums and it's always here in, in the Netherlands, it's one for two euro fifty. So it's it's almost nothing where what, what people pay for it. And sometimes we have plants and then designers come and say, well, I would market this in my shop for like eight euros. And I'm like, well, we find it difficult because there is not a big market for this type of pot chrysanthemum. It's very unique. But perhaps if we can earn a bit of more money, it's more interesting financially for us as a company as well and for the growers and for the floors, etc. Um, at the end of the day, you can earn a bit of more money because it's more high-end. It's something different. It's something unique. And they're kind of stuck in the daisy type. It needs to be white, pink, and yellow. And it needs to be from, it's all color mutants. And then, then, it's, then it's good. But it's more for like the really big change. And I'm like, okay, perfect. But but we have so much other plant material that is perhaps more for a high-end market and a kind of dripping uh, proposition. But um, yeah, it's really difficult to to argue with, uh, I will always say the, the men, <laughs> because we're a kind of a male-dominated industry when we're talking about the trade section. When you come to the creative part, it's more female-dominated. So I it's think- It's interesting, it, yeah. yeah. I think sometimes it's like men come from Mars and women come from Venus. It's like in the floral industry sometimes when we talk with each other. Yeah, we just don't understand. We say, well, but this is pink. I'm like, no, this is not pink. If you buy a, a pink dress from uh, an internet shop, Salando, or something else or Amazon and it's the wrong color pink you will not wear it because it's the wrong color pink you cannot wear that to the wedding you wanted to go because it's the wrong type of pink but with men they're like yeah but it's pink like no <laughs> so that's, that's so as well the, the the conversation is yeah on a very right. basic basic point of uh, view it just differs yeah that goes to show you how I don't know how we got here, right? I mean, we, of course, got here through economics of flowers. Yeah. I mean, it's just simple, right? I guess I do know how we got here. But how do we get out of here? I mean, we, we are clearly at a place where it's not quite as helpful for the industry as a whole, right? Yeah. Probably also why, you know, because of this big chain production, how it's sort of working out, the local slow flower movement is doing so well and I want it to do well because it's all about local but of course for you your local would be in Netherlands you know like certain countries in Europe that would be local for you but again how do you think us as an industry as a whole what do we need to do to get out of this yeah I, strange circle we're in <laughs> i think that not the right people are talking to each other and not the right, right people are are pursued as the decision makers because i think the florist is in the end of the day is the decision maker and of course with consumers with plants it's sometimes a bit different because chain is a bit shorter and it's an, an end product and it's not a part of a bouquet of course but i think florists are the decision makers in our industry but at the end of the day it's sometimes very difficult to get the data from them because um, we are not selling to the florist so we don't know the florist and then everybody is quite protective of the data because especially here in the Netherlands since we have like an auction system um, the transparency for the price is real you know everything from everyone and that's why there's such a big price pressure everybody's focusing so much on that part that they're I think forgetting the other part is like talking to the decision makers and not always focusing on like the price for the traders because I think you will have at the end of the day a different um, different conversation 
with the trade as well because you've got different types of information and you've got some kind of proof they always need like proof because it's mm -hmm. very it, it's it's hardcore business when you're in trade it's not about passion and flowers and plants anymore no it's <laughs> about it needs to be uh, here at 10 o'clock here in the Netherlands and at 2 o'clock it needs to be in Germany because on flower at 4 o'clock it needs to be in the florist shop over there it's it's all so transparent because of the whole world that's opening up due to internet uh, other opportunities etc it is a good thing but on the other hand we kind of ne neglected the negative parts of it and that's i think communicating with the right person yeah mm. but it's kind of difficult how can i make start a conversation with florists all over the world so that's the other thing it's like it's not Right. <laughs> yeah no it's not well you're you're making steps you were at clubhouse and you were connecting with people and talking here you are at a podcast so i think i think you're in the right direction or on the right path but i feel like you alone it's going to be such a difficult road you yeah. know i'm wondering if other breeders would want to join some sort of a movement you know instead of driving this for solely price purposes, but also driving for the sake of creating something that is unique and different for the market. But then you come into the mass production side of things, you know, when you create something unique, how fast can you mass produce that? Because the minute there's a demand, can you then have that supply for that demand? You know, it's just, it's such a complicated cycle. My God, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's also very different per product. Like pot percentage, we can switch up and, and scale up very fast. But right. if you're talking about cut flowers, yeah, with Austromeria, it takes up maybe eight years to create a new breed that's successful, or at least wow. you can introduce to the market. Yeah. So sometimes it takes it takes such a long time and patience for breeding companies. And when you have that thing, um, you're very protective over it. So. I always say, because I'm for marketing, just believe in your own strength. Because if you worry about your competition, you're not going to do anything because you're going to get stuck. Because you want to scream all over the world that you have this very unique and amazing thing, but you don't want it because you're scared of your competition. So that mm -hmm. is as well the foreign way of the, the old way of doing uh, business which is in our, our, the horticultural industry, is, is very traditional. So we kind of need to break through that as well. Because when I'm screaming like, oh, you come all to the or we can show it on the internet, etc. And then on the other side, the men are like, no, no, we don't want our competitors to see it, competitors to see this. So right. it's sometimes it's, it's a bit difficult to open up everything completely. Because you still have to take into account that you have like, you work for a company who has like a CEO and investors who are like, okay, I kind of see what you're doing. Uh, that's fine. But I don't want to open up everything with competition. And I, I agree. I think when we're doing this alone, it will be very, very difficult. So it needs to be some kind of way we can share, but kind of protective way in the network. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. You gave me a lot to think about. Um, I mean, I knew flowers didn't start with just the growers because there are seeds that have to come from somewhere. There's varieties that get bred somewhere, right? That have to come. But for some reason, I, I, I have to say, us as florists, we sort of kind of 
as we kind of go back where the flowers come from, oftentimes we stop at the breed uh, at the grower. Yeah, you know, because that is the most or the closest one or the most immediate one. And I think part of it also is because you know growers have been showing off everything that they're doing, a lot of them. And I think perhaps the way of thinking changed with them. And again, I mean, I think slow flower movement has, has a lot to do with this. You know, they're like, I mean, US, I mean, um, near DC um, area, you know, between Baltimore and DC is where I am. And in this area, there's so many local f- small growers. Now they're, they're small, they're not going to provide everything for your crazy, enormous wedding, perhaps, right, or whatever. But oftentimes they're growing things that are just so unique and that's where you go to get your just like precious little items right and then you get the bulk of the things from the wholesaler so again i i stop at the grower maybe also because that's where i can go and see the product and get the product but if this production or if this process starts this communication chain starts with the breather that's creating this varieties, that's creating this new seeds or new plants or whatever. That, that, like, I'm all about it. That would be fascinating to me. And I, I guarantee you a lot of florists will be very interested in that as well. So, I mean, it all comes down to it just needs to be shared. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Talk about. yeah. And w- with the growers, they, they always try their best to be, uh, some growers really want to be unique, but it's always, if you buy those plants and, and your, your nursery is full of it, you want to make sure it's a great business choice as well. So sometimes they're very hesitant because then with pot plants, it's a bit easier because it's a seasonal product. And if the season doesn't work out, yeah, all right, it's not a good thing, but hey, you will come over it. But with with cut flowers, you buy an Alstroemeria plant for a couple of years. Or with roses, you want to plant for at least four years. But if you're really taking care of your product, you can do eight, maybe 12 years with that rose, the, 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 the plant at the grower. So yeah, it's it's always for them, it's quite difficult to switch because they think mm. that this is successful. So we'll stay with this because I know uh, I have a business. I know I make money. But when I switch, I have like technical insecurities because yeah a new product always is different and Mm -hmm. a product that performs really well at the breeder doesn't always perform the same at the grower because of the circumstances so here for us as a breeder we always test for like u.s climate and of course u.s is so big we have multiple places where we can test it and for here in europe we also have like uh, the Netherlands with our very mild climate or Spain with a bit warmer climate. So you can see how plants are reacting and especially with the local for local growers, uh, we also supply to them because usually they buy from uh, a breeding company and of course there aren't that many in the world. <laughs> and uh, usually it's, it's from it's from Dutch breeding companies and we work together with companies in America to make sure our plant material at least comes into the country because that's, I don't know everything about it, but plant material getting it into America for the grower is like a whole nother discussion and problem on its own. It's like... Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't believe it, but it's like, yeah. I, I can so see that 
it, it, it almost feels like it's drug trafficking. It's not planned. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. I, I, I'm not kidding. So when I, when I were in Belgium, right, we went to uh, a few of the wholesalers, um, in Belgium and there, and there was this particular one that their plant section was twice as big as their cut flower section. Now we went there for cut flowers, right? But their plant section was just stunning. I, I, my head was spinning. I, I wanted every single plant that was hanging there, right? And I'm like, or, 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 or was in that place. And then I'm, I'm asking them, I'm like, so why don't we have this thing, these, these plants in America? Or this is just, I mean, it doesn't seem so difficult. And actually there was a person there, uh, you know, who said, oh, you have no idea how difficult it is for a grower to ship a plant to United States. I'm like, it's plant that I guess it's in soil. Yeah. I'm like, still don't understand it. I mean, it was just, yeah. And I, I wish we could have some of those plants here. I wish it was just so beautiful. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's so different because with plants and as well, some cut flowers, they fall even under the opium law. So it, it, it's, it's mm -hmm. they see it as drugs <laughs> and, um, it, it's, it's so weird and every country differs from, from its own. So Saudi Arabia has also a really strict system in, in Asia. They're like allergic to soil because soil is like dangerous and they're, they're really focused on, um, making sure the product is clean. And it's like Asia is even worse than United states a lot of times wow. <laughs> and everything can be grown on water so with tulips for instance where we are in the netherlands are very famous for tulips can be grown on water uh, it's not the same as from the soil it's usually has less energy because it less nurture and um but yeah there are ways to make it easier but then again it's not a complete assortment that we have here and what is about for for breeding plants for our plants it's very important that people can um, black out the nursery because with pot chrysanthemums they need a short and a long day or else they will not flower outside their natural season and the natural season is fall when the days get shorter pot chrysanthemums mm -hmm. will bloom and with pot chrysanthemums and with garden mums the season with garden mums can even start earlier in the year during summer and right. with pot chrysanthemums can be year-round with salosia it's almost year-round production here in the netherlands but yeah you you need those type of nurseries and here in in the netherlands it's like you're you're walking into like a complete it's not a nursery anymore it's like uh, <laughs> it's like you're making cars with all the robots and stuff you're like oh my god <laughs> there's nothing with gardening anything more yeah it's 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 so it's such a sight if you're going into a nursery here in holland and especially the, the bigger ones it's it's so modern it's it's yeah it has nothing to do with growing plants anymore at a certain point and it's so funny and those local for local growers usually have the love and the passion but not always the facilities for those mm. type of plants so that's another thing why sometimes it's very difficult uh for us because it's more local for local market because the, the it's so big here in the netherlands when i'm drive two hours i'm in germany <laughs> i'm in a different right. country <laughs> and when with us if you drive for two hours maybe you're at your local supermarket <laughs> at least <laughs> we think that in holland <laughs> everything is like an hour drive before you're somewhere it, it's such a difference so i can see and i understand why the local for local market is so important in the larger skilled countries than 
sometimes mm. in Western Europe. Right. Yeah. No, that, that is so true. I mean, yeah, you're right. We drive two hours. We might be at the tail end of a state or we cross a state. We're still within the same country. Yes. But over there, I mean, yes, when I, when I was in Europe, it was just so easy to go from one place to another. You know, I'm, I went to um, Amsterdam to the floating flower market, right? Yeah. It was very underwhelming. <laughs> you know, I, I, I heard about it. I read about it. I was so excited about it. And we only had one day to spend in Netherlands. So we took a train from Bruges and, you know, came to Amsterdam and went back. But so I'm like, okay, so doesn't matter what happens. I need to go to this floating market. <laughs> so we did. I mean, it was still nice. It was, it was interesting. It was still exciting, but it was, it was very commercialized and it was very underwhelming. And I was, I was tad bit disappointed, yeah. you know, I still bought some bulbs with me and, but you know, it, it was just, it, it was interesting. And, um, yeah, of course, tulips were dominating everything. So yeah. <laughs> it's a we're very spring bulb country. We're very proud on tulips, hyacinth, and narcissus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got I got some I didn't get some tulip bulbs because I knew I couldn't grow tulips here. I have a lot of deer who loves those. So I brought some hyacinths and I brought some I think there were some daffodils and some some other flowers and plant them. Just nothing grew yet, but it's probably the climate wasn't really uh the right thing for them as well. But anyways, but there I am standing at this very, very commercial, very, very, or commercialized, very tourist location. And there is an opportunity right there, right? Because you're meeting people from all over the world. And yet every vendor was showing the same thing. Allium is the other thing that I got. I'm like, what else did I get? Actually, never mind. My alliums bloom, I have to say. Two of the varieties did bloom. Never mind. I take that back. <laughs> and they're beautiful. Um, so how do you kind of... It, but then it's such a small space. So I don't know. I mean, would it be maybe useful for breeders slash growers to have a say in those places as well? Because ultimately you are talking directly to the people who are buying these things, right? Yeah, it's great that you mentioned this because there is a new tourist attraction in the Netherlands, but it opened, it should open during the pandemic. So yeah, of course, that kind of failed. It's called Flory World. And Flory World oh. is, um, you know, the Keukenhof? I, I I also live nearby Keukenhof. It's like I can go walking distance and I'm oh, nice. Keukenhof. So and then Dutch people never go to Keukenhof because they're like, eh. But I, I've been there. It's like, if you want to be overwhelmed with flowers, you should go to Keukenhof. But it depends on which time time you're there because yeah of course flowers are seasonal so sometimes with the weather right. <laughs> don't go too early <laughs> and, um floral world is actually because coconut is such a short time it's open for people to visit and floral world will be year-round but it's more a digital kind of experience with flowers and you get oh, like, wow. kind of bracelet like you have like in disneyland so everywhere you go you you do the bracelet and then it it tags and it remembers so it's going to ask for your color your favorite flower and it knows who you are so it's like yeah, well, this big brother watching you, <laughs> but oh, wow. they will, uh, they're going to collect the data of the people who are going to visit. So, but it's very consumer based data. So for us as a breeder, it's interesting, but it's still the big and large trend. So like people are like flowers that are unique. So, um, a lot of times blue flowers are very popular because blue is a color that you don't see with a lot of types of flowers so we for instance have aster 
blooms, they're more purple bluish because blue from a grower's point of perspective differs from the blue that a normal pe- person says within the Florence. If you say, well, this one is that's blue and you're like, no, that's purple. <laughs> yeah. That's and um, But the amazing thing of that location is it tracks everything that the people that are coming and what they're doing and the choices they make. And what's cool is as a visitor, everything is interactive. So it will mm-hmm. fit the choices you make. So when you go and you take along uh, your mother, for instance, your mother gets to see different things than you get to see. And at the end, they are also explaining the auction system and you can buy flowers for yourself, but you can also say, well, I'll donate those flowers because of course, when you're flying to Holland and you're flying back, you cannot take the flowers with you. So there are a lot of ways to experience the floral industry, uh, but it is very based on tourism because it's made by people who did also the Heineken experience. So mm. it's it's not it's it's not that someone just started up something. It's 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 big. Um, but we're hoping to use that data. But it, as well, and for us, we're we're quite a large breeding company. We have the money to buy data, but it's expensive. And mm-hmm. there are companies earning a lot of money <laughs> by collecting and selling data. And of course, in everything, everyone should have its business. But then again, I I don't. For me, from a personal point of view, I don't think that's the way we should provide data because someone who is just a, the person who who spends the most money knows the most. And then mm. it does, it kind of turns into like the big companies again. And then it's it's for, and the big companies usually focus on the big retailers because that's where they earn their big bucks. And then again, you get more the high end, the unique part is then kind of excluded. Hmm. I'm scared of that that will happen. So it's I see, I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. And what we're trying to do here in Holland, we have flower trials. It's kind of the uh, same as uh, California spring trials in mm-hmm. um, the US. And then breeders open up the doors and they show uh, complete flower trials. And um, you can visit them as a grower. But I try to open it up more as well for florists. Of course, during the pandemic, it's a bit more difficult at the moment. Um, But especially for here in Holland, trying to open it up so at least European florists can visit it. And I'm, well, the the salesperson can can stay with the grower and more me or my colleague from the marketing department, etc. can talk to the florist. And hopefully there we can start up that conversation and then it can grow into maybe something bigger. I personally would love to visit that. And I can tell you, I I mean, I can name at least 20 people right off the top of my head that would love to do that. I can tell you most of the florists will be up for that. They'll be fascinated. They'll be interested. And apparently it'll actually help you guys as a grower help i'm sorry as a as a breeder will help the growers to be able to sell the varieties that now they're purchasing from you to grow and so on i think this is a helpful thing for everyone going back to the an event that you're saying i mean that's fascinating i absolutely next time i'm there i definitely want to experience that in um but it's unfortunate that the data is not being shared. I, I agree with you. It, it it should be data for for the industry. At the same time, if you kind of think about everything, you know, it all kind of starts from. Ah, oh, how, how do I say this even? So I don't sound like I'm complaining about this. I guess you follow the money and you'll know what's happening, right? So yeah. it all it all leads there. You know, it all comes down to capital and power. So it's a bit unfortunate, but. I don't have a solution for that. 
In fact, I don't think you and I can even <laughs> offer a solution to that <laughs> or a lot of us, you know, um, I think these are some serious big changes we're hoping for and it's going to happen one step at a time, but it's not going to happen overnight. No, no, no. Yeah. And, but I believe in the power of community and yeah. um, it's trying to, to connect the right community with the right type of companies that have that information that can provide. And due to the pandemic, of course, it's, it's devastating what's happening, but I can see a lot of changes. So what we're going to do this year with flower trials, I'm going to scan the complete location so you can can put on like your Google Street View glasses or with your phone or just on the computer and you can just walk into the location and you can just walk around and see the flowers and click on the oh, flowers nice. and get information. So we're like, okay, but this will open up the communication to people who cannot visit us because they have don't have the funds to go to, to Holland because of course you have to travel and it's not cheap or maybe you don't have the time or uh, well, Maybe there was a pandemic, you never know. Right. <laughs> yeah, and so we're trying to make things more digital. Then again, it costs a, a lot of extra money. And it's like finding um, the argumentation to say, well, we are going to invest this money, but it will come back to us. But it's not like, all right, I will buy a new pot potting machine that will save me time and I will produce that many more pots in a day. It, it's... It, that's the difficulty of marketing. It's all, it's not, it's so difficult to monetize and say, well, this, uh, if you have an opinion of the florist is worth that amount of money. It's, oh, it's impossible to say. I know it's, it's like a lot. <laughs> and I think it's not even, you cannot even describe it in amount of money because I think it's so valuable. Right. Again, if you have investors and you're with your marketing budget and every year you have to say why you invest in stuff, it's so difficult. So that's why I'm, thinking, well, maybe I'm not the one alone trying to win the race, but maybe I can do that kind of first step. Maybe right. and there are more people doing that first step to kind of create like with snowball effects, making such a tiny snowball. And maybe after that, it will go on and will be very big and large. Yeah. And that was kind of what Clubhouse was like a perfect example when I spoke to you and everyone who was sending me messages and emails and stuff. And I was like, yes, <laughs> this is the right direction. I'm talking to the right people at this moment. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Christy, who was at the Clubhouse, I mean, they, she is co-chair at EMC and they do their EMC certification program in Belgium. And you guys are what, like? three hours away. I don't know how far yeah. it is from where you are exactly, but it's close enough that shipments and deliveries shouldn't be issues. Yeah. I hope. I don't know. No, Belgium you is know. not a problem. No. <laughs> right. Exactly. I didn't think Belgium was a problem for Netherlands. So, you know, what I'm saying is there you are. I mean, you basically created this, this unique connection just as an example. I mean, there were so many other people there and I, how many messages did you get from that day? Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. It was, everybody's like, wait, what? Unique flowers, new stuff. Yes. Sign me up. So when is this digital event going to happen? Yeah, it's going to be in June. I have to. Okay. The date. Oh my God. I know it's week 24. We always talk in weeks. So when we're talking about dates, uh, let's see flower trials <laughs> before I say the wrong date. 
15 to 18th of June. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so be sure to let me know so we can share this to the world. Cause yeah. I think this is just so fascinating. I definitely want to be there. I will not be able to come to Netherlands in June yeah. for sure. I just have other trips that are happening in that same area, same time. Definitely. I was supposed to be there actually last year in August for 10 days and that didn't work out of course pandemic and everything got canceled yes i was i was attending a um business mastery program and i was like okay well that's great and you know i'll add some days and i'll just go and see more of the flower markets and the farms and things like that of course that didn't happen so it's still my happen this year so i'm still kind of like waiting you know keeping my fingers crossed because my ticket is still active so we'll see what happens you know but i will definitely let you know and yes please be sure to share that with us because i think not i think i know for sure florists are interested in this you know not just the growers and i think this is this is fascinating and just so exciting i think yes um sylvia anything else you would love to share with the listeners in parting i just wanted to say like with flower trials it's not only us it's as well other breeding companies from the netherlands who are presenting their product and a lot of them are presenting as well digitally so really visit them so let me do the first step <laughs> and also open up for for the other companies and uh, let's see what we can do together and uh, hopefully we can connect and uh, more via the modern communications <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and i truly hope one day this would become an actual in-person visit not just like you know all the general you know i'm hoping when the masks yes. are off we can do You're that always welcome to visit us <laughs> and oh, then, i would love and to i will show everything what we're working on and you can get a vip tour to the location yeah oh that would be fantastic well thank you again for your time thank you for taking away from your busy schedule being here and and share in this industry insights. I mean, this was fascinating to me. There's so many things that you mentioned and you talked about that I didn't even think about. And I didn't know. Again, I mean, my brain kind of stopped at the grower for some reason, you know. <laughs> I mean, I knew it existed, but I just never really thought about it yeah. past that, right? So thank you for opening our eyes. I mean, this is this is fantastic. I cannot wait for the digital event. I cannot wait for uh, the flower trial. Just, just can't. I think that sounds fascinating. And uh, where can people find you? Are you guys even on social media for people to find you? Yeah, we're on social media. Okay. So um, I, I'm personally also on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So. If people want to connect there it's also possible i'm on clubhouse with it's kind of difficult because i have a dutch name <laughs> so it's uh people can find me there um we are on instagram as well and we're working on a new platform as well for the future i cannot tell too much about it but it's also like connecting to influencers and i'm not talking about influencers like kim kardashian no, i'm talking about you as an influencer that we're trying to oh my god i'm an influencer <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding but yeah. i see what you're saying floral yeah. influencers yeah okay exactly so we're working on that so hopefully next year we'll have some new steps in ways to connecting on other on other platforms as well um so royal van zanten you can follow them everywhere or me, Sylvia, uh, as well, personally. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And I'll share all of these links in the show notes so they can just click and follow and see what you guys are up to. This was fantastic. Thank you so, so much. You take care.
Yes, thank you. <laughs> Take care. All right, guys. I hope you liked it. And if for whatever reason you end up traveling and end up in somewhere in Netherlands, reach out to Sylvia, reach out to her company. Like she said, they'll be more than happy to give you a walkthrough behind the scenes and show you what they're working on. I think that's just absolutely amazing. So, and also be sure to follow both Sylvia and Royal Vincenton to see when is their upcoming event happening. I know they're working on doing a, hey, here's a new variety that we're putting on a market event. I don't even know if that made sense to you guys, but they're basically going to go behind the scenes, behind the closed doors and showcase for the first time brand new varieties of flowers and plants. So be sure you follow them so you don't miss all of that information and all of their social media links will be in our show notes. So check those out and I'll talk to you next time. Well, it's a wrap. Thank you everyone for listening, for tuning in to Viva La Flora Live podcast. We'll see you next week.